Hi, welcome back. Michelle Sparks with you. Illumination, anorexia, eating, self and body issues. Great to have your company. Today I am kicking off the first interview in a series that I will be calling Inspiring People. And the purpose of this series is twofold. One, in the journey of recovery, you will find that you require the same things that are required to see the fulfillment of any dream. Your dream is to get free from your eating disorder. And as we listen to the stories of people who are unpacking and pursuing and making their dreams a reality, you will hear some of those key principles that you need to take hold of in order to get to your own personal freedom land. That's number one. The second thing, the second purpose of this series is, you know, when you are stuck in the middle of an eating disorder or any life-consuming problem, it can be very hard to reconnect or connect with the hopes, the dreams, the aspirations that have been inside you in years past. They may feel very remote, very distant, very foreign to you, but it is my hope and dream that as we unpack the dreams and inspiring journeys of other people, it may trigger for you some ideas, it may rekindle hope, it may touch into some of the aspirations that you've had in your heart to make a difference in the world, in your world, in other people's lives, where you want your life to make a difference. And the reason that is so important is because those hopes and dreams and aspirations of life beyond the eating disorder are like a rope attached to an anchor that will draw you into your future. So important. So with no further ado, let me introduce to you my first wonderful guest to this program, Kelly McJanet. Well, my guest today is Kelly McJanet. She is the CEO of Food Ladder and the 2016 winner of the 100 Women of Influence Awards in the category of social enterprise and not-for-profits. And I am just so excited to be talking to you, Kelly McJanet. Thank you for agreeing to be on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's great. It's great to be able to, to have a chat with you. Thanks, Michelle. The idea of this series is I know that as I talk to people like yourself, Kelly, who I find inspiring, I know that as we just delve into the territory of hopes and dreams and the journey of your inspiration, you know, what was that like to discover that, pursue it, to persevere when I'm sure there's been challenges along the way? I know that in your story, there will be seeds of inspiration and hope for our listeners and that is my desire in talking to you and I am incredibly inspired by you Kelly I've just been looking at um, the website Food Ladder and for our, our listeners can you just tell us a little bit about what tell, just tell us about Food Ladder yeah sure Food Ladder is an international social enterprise so we are not-for-profit um, specifically concerned with creating social change around food security and nutrition in underserved communities around the world um, through a model which is which is economically sustainable. So, so what does that mean? That means we use business principles to to create 
models of social change that empower really disadvantaged people in the community. So um, in today's world, there are lots of, lots of really big challenges out there which we see on the news and um, hear about in the public discourse. And in terms of addressing those, it can be very difficult to do so through, I suppose, your standard charitable models which rely on donations. So what we've so done true. at Food Ladder... Mm, so what we've done is create uh, a model of business which seeks to empower local people in their communities and, and also create social outcomes. So our specific model is around, is around food security and we have designed um, hydroponic, solar-powered, environmentally sustainable greenhouse system which can be deployed just about anywhere in the world which was, yeah, <laughs> That's so exciting. Really I think exciting. I remember the first time I met you and you told me that, I just was like, what? That is just some of the most, I mean, I'm totally inspired, totally inspired because I think you were talking about doing that on rooftops in India. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, so we've got, we've got food ladders now in lots of places around the world. Our main focus is in very impoverished parts of India, so slum communities and, and really... The poorest, uh, the poor communities in, in India where you've got children that uh, previously were only able to eat vegetables maybe once or twice a month. So we've got food ladders now on the rooftops of schools in village communities um, wow. which, are, which are collectively wow. supplying food to about 4,000 children. Wow. And, yeah, <laughs> so they're big, they're big numbers. And, oh, it's um, great. And also in the Northern Territory, um, We've got, you know, even though we're a first world country, in Australia we have our own set of challenges and Indigenous health is something very close to my heart. So we work, uh, we work a lot in remote, um, remote communities in the top end as well. On that note, I just was looking at your website, foodladder.org, and I was looking at the story there called Growing Our Future from Seeds of Our Past. And to be honest, Kelly, I almost felt like crying. I'm just <laughs> watching this guy, this beautiful Indigenous man from, what is it, Ramjinjin? Ra Ra Raminginning. Raminginning. And he's saying... He's saying something like, I really encourage anyone to go and have a look at this four-minute video It's and we'll give you the details. I'll link it in the podcast, but we'll come back to that. But this beautiful man is saying something about, um, you know, taking care of the land. And I think he said something like, I was nothing at the time. And then he talks about, mm -hmm. but my feelings are pushing me to find my true work. And mm -hmm. it's like, I just see what you're doing is not only... Um, you know, feeding people, it's inspiring, it's helping people in so many ways. Can you, can you just elaborate a little bit on what you're seeing as some of the social advantages of what you're doing? Yeah, I suppose it's, um, you know, when you're talking about economic development, there is never just one challenge, if you will. There's a myriad of issues um, which culminate in, in disadvantage and speaking specifically about remote indigenous communities you know we're, we're very privileged um, to in, in Australia you know have the oldest living civilization on earth as yes. our first nation people yeah. um, and the top end communities and, and in fact so many communities around the country but specifically talking about Raminginning which is in East Arnhem land is one of 
hundreds if not thousands of examples um, a very small beautiful community um, in Ramanginning there are 16 only 1600 people that wow. um, speak predominantly Yongle still um, and a very much uh, you know indigenous culture is very much alive and well but the challenges that they face is I suppose a lack of access to genuine economic opportunity. Um, what yes. does that mean? That means that there aren't necessarily a lot of meaningful jobs um, and that can result in an apathy. Um, you know, it's not good for everyone likes to have something, you know, everybody needs to have something in their lives which they're passionate about. So yes. not only are we through Food Ladder able to, for the first time in 40 years in Ramanginning, grow food in the community, which is, you know, previously food's been freighted in thousands and thousands of kilometres. This is, you know, a very remote community. So yes. that, that has a huge impact on the quality of the food. But also because we now have the system up there growing food for the local community, we've created jobs as well. So yes. the gentleman that you're talking about um, is is now now has worked because Food Ladder is operational in Ramanginning, growing yes. growing food for the only store in the community. So, yes. you know, um, and, and what that means for him is that you know, his children, every time they go to the shop and they go to buy food for dinner, you know, they're buying the tomatoes, the lettuce, the cauliflower, the rock melons that dad grew in the food ladder. And what that means in terms of social, uh, you know, building pride in, in community is significant as well. So I suppose there are lots of ancillary benefits beyond um, just the impact on health and nutrition in Indigenous communities. Absolutely. And Kelly, wow, as I talk to you, I can hear why you are the 2016 100 Women of Influence. You speak so beautifully and so um, intelligently about such a diverse, you know, a project that is a, you know, has such wide range um, uh, effects or ramifications. Can I ask you, back to just you personally, I mean, is what you're doing now um, connected with your own dreams, hopes, aspirations that you might have had in your younger years? And I suppose this might be a double-edged question, um, like how you got started in Food Ladder and how did that connect with your own hopes and dreams and, you know, the things that were stirring in your heart? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, uh, certainly um, this is an issue which is close to my heart um, and something that I felt needed uh, addressing. Um, I, you know, fortunate enough to have had a very good education and um, you know, education is a very, very powerful tool. And mm. I suppose with, um, with some really strong, uh, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to have great mentors in my life and great encouragement um, uh, to pursue my dreams and I think it's really just being um, you know not, not being too afraid to um, try and try and address something which others might might think is an unsolvable problem um, you know when I started down this kind of path of uh, social change probably when I was around 22 there'd be a lot of people that would say oh you know you know that's that's a nice idea and good on you and all the rest of it but and, and it, you know yes. it's, it's not easy um, but it takes a real commitment and a real grounding in in really strong business principles so it's not just a 
it's not it has to be more than just a desire to you know do something nice it has to be a really you know to to create meaningful long-standing social change which um you know is is embedded in economic development and supports the interests of say governments and communities one has to really understand the space very very well so um it's been it's been an evolving you know it's been a really you know extraordinary process for me and it's been a real evolution um I bet, but, yes so we become you know we've become more and more sophisticated and we're constantly learning i mean even just the way that our technology the food ladder technology itself has evolved um and our model of distribution continues to change i mean in the third world now we are at a point where even though we're having significant impact um the job is so far i mean it's a you know i mean job arguably will never be done so it's about ensuring that we're able to make our solution available to everyone who needs it so um so there's just so much great to go. Successes. yeah yeah and it's, it's a constant evolution so it's a really dynamic and interesting um place to be working it's certainly i think um we as social entrepreneurs are at the coal face of innovation um not just in technology but in in business model as well so it's very very exciting and it's a constant challenge um Yes, yeah. and it requires it requires passion certainly, but I wouldn't have it any other way. No, I, I can hear you, and you know, you've there's so much that I'd love to pick up on what you're saying. You talked about education, you talked about encouragement, you talked about mentors, you talked about not being afraid to kind of step out. You were young. I can imagine, you know, some people might have thought you were, you know, dreaming, and you Mad. were, but you you also married that with. Um, I can hear the persistence. I can hear the, I can hear the journey, and I, and I love that Kelly because I think one of the things I'm very aware of in the space that I guess I work in is, and it's true for everyone that you know sometimes when we're when we're looking at a problem we can get quite bogged down in the problem. Sometimes problems can feel quite overwhelming. But what helps us is some of those beautiful things you've talked about. Um, you know the you know going back to what's in what's driving you that 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 hope, that dream, that inspiration, but also the encouragement, the mentors, flexing and just not being afraid to step out. I love that last one in particular because mm. I think fear of um, stepping out and having a go and can you tell us maybe pick one challenge that you have uh, found a way through and you know there's always going to be challenges to the journey of a dream and um, yes. Any venture is going to have adventure or adversity, and uh, yes. so what? What has helped you get through some of the challenges? What are some of the things that you've drawn on in personally that might just help some of our listeners as they need to draw on some stuff inside to get through mm. the challenges that they face? I think it's. Um, I, I think the biggest challenge is is um, you know. I mean, obviously, Food Ladder was a was a startup in terms of concept. Um, Social enterprise has been done before, but uh, it was a new concept, hadn't been done before, and there was yes. a lot. And I think when you're starting anything, uh, certainly in this kind of space, there's a huge amount of education that you as the advocate um, or leader of an idea have to put into educating the, your stakeholders um, yes. or those that you're reliant on as to how 
how, how the solution will work. And it's not just the education around that, but it's also then, of course, proof, proof in concept. And the proof in concept stage of any startup is, is very uh, important um, and it's really the make or break. So <clears throat> I suppose um, having a very clear, uh, a clear understanding of the end goal and, and what is what what you critically have to achieve and, and being able to prove that um, in a timely fashion is really, really important because, um, you know, it, it's that prototyping, if you will, of a solution um, which then becomes the foundation for a, a broader and more extensive rollout and replication. And we did that, we did that in, in India um, about two and a half, three years ago, and it was intensely challenging. I mean, personally, it was months and months of living in, in India, um, you know, on my, on my own, yes. away from my partner, yes. all of that. Yes, yes, huge, And that's just the day-to-day, you know, challenges and different, you know, being in, immersed in a different culture and challenging culture a young woman in, in India isn't easy Absolutely. so be, being yeah. able to kind of been, be really clear on the end goal um, is you know that was certainly a, a very that was a that was a challenge but it's a real key, equally had we had we not um, been able to prove our impact in such a challenging environment I don't think we would have been able to translate the potential uh, down the track, and so retrospectively, however many years on, those hard yards were well and truly worth it. Oh, I love it! I love it! I love what I'm hearing you say. You're talking about vision, like having a clear end goal. That's so powerful. And what was that thing you just said then? Uh, the like, just all, what did you just say then? It. I've just lost it. Yeah, yeah, yeah being, worth, it. worth it. Worth it. Oh, that's so and good. And it, it, you know, sometimes that's that's um, that's part. I mean, I remember countless conversations when I, you know, call my fiance back home and just say, "Oh, this is all too hard," you know. And sure. anything worthwhile is worth doing is um, is difficult, and yes. especially when you're trying to to innovate um, in, in a very in a very challenging environment. Um, it's always going to be difficult. But I think if there is a clear, as you say, vision. Or you know, very strong understanding of the issue at hand. Um, that is that is very powerful and very empowering. Beautiful, great words. And Kelly, is there something that you wish someone had told you uh, five years ago that that would have helped you as you've gone through this journey and you know this ongoing journey of creating and developing and refining and uh, broadening your reach? Is there something, one thing that you wish someone had told you or taught you maybe five years ago that you maybe know now? Yeah, I think, you knew I then? think it's, yeah, um, I think, I think it's easy to get distracted. Um, yes. The hardest thing is to be, to be very, um, I suppose, clear and concise about where you're going and, 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 and why you're doing it. And um, I think, Staying on track in that respect is is paramount because I think it's easy to get it's easy to get disillusioned. It's easy to get sidetracked. Um, so you know, being able to remain, you know, obviously 
take good counsel, but be be, be very, very clear on, on what you're doing and why. I mean, the example of that for us would be we have we have all sorts of people all around the world all the time who would love a food ladder. But from a business perspective, it's been very, very important to prove impact in, in, um, in certain places. So the result of that has been that we are intensely focused on creating serious impact in nutrition across India and health in Indigenous communities. Had we spread ourselves so thin that we were in multiple countries, you know, it may have in the long term hurt the organisation. So I think being able to be really clear on the strategy and the end goal is really, really important. And that's, that just cuts across all business, really, but it's no different for the not-for-profit sector and social change. Do you know, Kelly, there's just so much richness in what you're saying and it's I think and listen to you and you're talking about business and social engineering and change and the journey of a dream really food ladder a dream mm, that is mm. impacting the world I think the same principles can be being clear about what you're doing and why not spreading yourself too thin mm. keeping the end goal in mind do you know for for my listeners our listeners here those are just key concepts and I can't thank you enough for your time and sharing those with us. I know your time is pressed and in fact I I was going to just say what's ahead for you? I know there's something very special ahead for you but what's ahead for you Kelly McJanet? Yes, lots of things, lots of things ahead. Yep. (laughs) One thing. Soon to be married. Yes, Um, congratulations, fantastic. Yeah. Um, Weddings are a very big event. Um, Aren't they? Yes. <laughs> not to be underestimated. <laughs> no. Um, but, it, you know, so that's lovely. And then, you know, I mean, with uh, Food Ladder, um, yeah, I think, look, last year we had a huge year. We created eight social enterprises internationally and I expect that we'll do at least double, if not more than that, this year as, as well in 2017. So, you know, we've got our work cut out for us, but it's... Um, it's a wild and fabulous ride and um, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing uh, the kind of impact that, that we can have in the long term. Kelly McJanet, it has just been such a pleasure. You've, you've shared so many keys about staying the journey, digging deep, being clear about what and why you're doing not spreading yourself too thin, keeping that kind of vision. I bet you're a visual person. I bet you visualise. I mean, you know, just seeing where you're going, being clear about that. I, I know that I'm very Absolutely. visual. but um, Look, I could Absolutely. pick your brain forever, but I know I can't, and I know your time is precious. So I just want to say thank you on behalf of our listeners. Thank you so much for your time, and we wish you all the best with Food Ladder and, and everything in your personal world too. Um, thank thank you. you so much for your time on the podcast. Thank you. look forward to speaking with you again soon. Well, that was Kelly McJanet, visionary CEO of Food Ladder. And if you want some information about Food Ladder and particularly that video story that I referred to in the interview, please go to my website, michellesparks.com. Some fabulous things that Kelly had to say in terms of just some of the keys in helping her dream become a reality. Things like education, so knowledge, mentors, encouragement, not being afraid to step out. The comment that it's not easy but when you're clear 
about what you're doing and why. I think that's the biggest key that I heard again and again and that I personally find is the absolute master key in getting free from an eating disorder. It is the key of vision, the ability to clearly see where you are, where you're going, why and how to get there so that you can stay on track when the challenges come, that you can stay on track when the distractions and disillusionment and discouragement comes. It's really the key to get free. I can certainly help you with that. It is the numero uno key in the 4x4 Freedom Express. And beyond these keys, it is my prayer that the dream itself, the, the making a difference in some of those poor and impoverished parts of the world, bringing food security, doing something really unique and visionary, social enterprise. Who knows, maybe that just stirs a dream in your heart about what your life might be able to be, how you might be able to, what you might be able to be involved in beyond your eating disorder. You know, the bigger that dream in front of you, the more powerfully it can pull you forward into a future beyond your eating disorder. So, love your feedback, your questions. If this is helping you, pay it forward, subscribe, rate and review. And until next time, travel well. 